two or three years, I've known you, you've uh, tried, you know, uh, online, uh, uh, opening an online store that, you know, failed in, within a few months. I, thought <laughs> I don't know if we great. need to say it failed. Hello and welcome to another episode of TOTS. I'm your host, Ben Gardner. This week, I really wanted to focus on entrepreneurship, and so I am very glad to have my guest on today to talk about entrepreneurship, what entrepreneurship means, who actually does entrepreneurship, and how entrepreneurs are going to help us get out of this current crisis. Today on the show, we have Dr. Sauté. He is a professor of econ and management, and also one of my former entrepreneurship professors. Dr. Sauté, great to have you on the show. Hey, Ben, great to be here. I'm so glad uh, to be part of, uh, you know, one of your entrepreneurial ventures. So, um, yeah, thanks for having me. It's awesome. Absolutely. So start by telling me a little bit about yourself and uh, what you do. Sure. Um, I've got a uh, PhD in economics, uh, and I did a postdoc as well. Uh, this is the reason why I'm in the field of entrepreneurship, but I'm in the field of entrepreneurship from the perspective of uh, theory rather than practice. Uh, my This is because my field is in economics. Um, <clears throat> so I uh, I did a lot of work in that field and in what is called market process theory. And uh, when I joined CUA after many different things, including working in um, public policy at the New Zealand Treasury and uh, teaching at George Mason and being in, in the policy world also in the U.S., I uh, kind of fully immersed myself into uh, the world of entrepreneurship along with my good buddy, uh, Professor Andreas Widmer. Uh, and so that's what we do at CUA. We basically are the uh, uh, the two guys who run the show in terms of uh, me, I'm the theoretician, and Andreas is the practitioner of entrepreneurship. Yeah, sure. So what is the purpose of entrepreneurship and, and if you could just define entrepreneurship? Sure. Um, so um, I, as a uh, as an economist, I, I'm very sympathetic, although I wouldn't say I'm, um, I'm that's the only thing that interests me, but I'm very sympathetic to a um, school of economics, uh, which is called the Austrian School. Uh, the Austrian school is um, <clears throat> very dear to me for many reasons, uh, uh, almost emotionally, but also is, and especially intellectually. Um, the the reason why I think it's a very interesting approach to doing economics is because it sees the human person uh, in a less robotic form, I would say, than standard economics. So the human person being less robotic, it's actually capable of genuine change adaptation and creativity um <clears throat> So because the, the Austrians are less in love with mathematics, they don't mathematize the, the human person as much. And they see they have a more Aristotelian Thomist understanding of the human person. Uh, so in, in that sense, it has lent itself to uh, understanding or to even more than that, to keeping the understanding of entrepreneurship alive in economics, because entrepreneurship uh, otherwise has completely disappeared uh, from from uh, the the standard theory of neoclassical theory of entrepreneurship, of sorry of of uh, economics. So the. Uh, <clears throat> 
the Yasserun School has influenced me a lot. I was a student of Israel Kersner at uh, New York University. He's a great uh, scholar in that field, the greatest, I would say, alive today. He's an old man now, but he's, uh, he's uh, still alive and, and active. Uh, and his view is that, um, well, if we want to understand entrepreneurship in the economy, we have to realize that people are alert uh, to um, sheer radical novelty, uh, they're capable. Uh, they have this propensity uh, to to find, discover gains from trade that are that were not known, that were either too unknown before. Uh, <clears throat> of course, in many cases, those those gains from trade require complex production, innovation, and so on and so forth. Uh, but, but the very fact that we're capable of bringing novelty in the world and realizing that novelty uh, uh, can be a solution to a situation is a very human propensity uh, that Kersner really puts forward and he captures this as the idea of alertness. Uh, but cats, for instance, are not capable of that. Animals are not capable of that. This is really something truly human. My cat doesn't create iPhones, uh, but humans do. And why do we do that? Because we're capable of, you know, bringing that radical information into the world. Uh, so in, in that sense, I would say one way to understand entrepreneurship is to see it as a human propensity to solve problems by creating value. Um, <clears throat> but... Uh, and the reason why I'm, I'm using that is because I don't want to restrict entrepreneurship to the idea of startups. Uh, it's very, right. very, very important. That's clear. But I think entrepreneurship goes beyond that. And actually, it harkens back to what I was saying earlier on when I said that brand of entrepreneurship at Seaway is very important and it rests on the human person. Well, that's where you see an overlap between the way we understand the human person in, in the Catholic tradition as, or the Judeo-Catholic tradition, as in, you know, the human person being made in the image of God, but also capable of co-creation with God. So that really is uh, something that the human intellect, uh, human intellect being, you know, and this, this uh, uh, immaterial entity that uh, is, because it's immaterial, capable of, of radical change. Um, <clears throat> something, again, that uh, that uh, animals don't have. So that human propensity to solve problems uh, goes beyond the, the, the startup and is what I, uh, what I would say is entrepreneurship. Um, you know, it's reallocating, creating resources constantly to solve problems. One way of being very mundane about entrepreneurship is actually to say that it's, uh, it's about, you know, solving problems, really. Uh, human beings are sort of problem solvers, uh, but it's maybe a little bit too broad and people may feel uncomfortable with that. So that's why I'm kind of restricting this to more to the idea of solving problems by creating value uh, and, <clears throat> and discovering gains from trade that were uh, either too unknown. Uh, and entrepreneurship can be seen, as you know, Ben, in many different ways uh, in markets, of course, with business and in the social context with social entrepreneurs, in politics, in academia, uh, everywhere where novelty is being introduced in one way or another, you've got an entrepreneurial uh, activity going on. Uh, yet, as Kersner would say, if you want to see the entrepreneurial process, which is different from just sheer entrepreneurship, the entrepreneurial process is at work, in, in especially in markets, because markets are 
places where trial and error can happen and if you fail you make losses and you're you you start again and that's the uh, that's the process that Kersner spent basically his lifetime studying and theorizing uh, so I'm not sure if I responded to your entire question but yeah that that's the way I would see entrepreneurship yeah sure so how much of of uh, the world do you think right now kind of views entrepreneurship as like very flashy startup and it's, you know, grand design and, and solving, you know, a big issue and, you know, like something very sleek. Like how, how much of the world thinks that that is what entrepreneurship is made up of? Yeah, that's a good question. I, I think uh, a lot of people have a uh, uh, reasonably you know standard view of entrepreneurship that you see in the media and stuff uh i mean it, it's clear that today entrepreneurship is is really a buzzword uh and it's interesting because it wasn't that the case that much in you know um, a few decades ago in the i would say in the 70s or 80s that was not as much the case uh it has become much more the case especially with the the tech boom of the 90s uh, and and the idea that um, a lot of policymakers see entrepreneurship as in startups being their you know the savior of the economy, so they want to you know promote entrepreneurs and and the small business administration that you know was born uh, one of the you know things that was done in the 1970s and 80s that was you know. It's supposed to promote that, uh, so they they see uh, uh, entrepreneurship as uh, a savior for for the economy. Um, but uh, yeah, it is true that most of what we uh, understand in the media is uh, flashy tech startups uh, and the more pedestrian, mundane view of entrepreneurship, which again is, in my view, just this simple idea that our resources are being reallocated and created all the time by everyone around us. You do it in your own life, Ben, your parents do it, your neighbors do it. Uh, in most cases, it's it's done privately and therefore it has very little social impact. But in many cases, you know, if your uh, uh, bakery around the corner decides to or completely rearrange uh, its its uh, you know offering and and offers new products and 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 this and that and changes the, uh, the the opening hours. I mean all sorts of little changes that actually are entrepreneurial in the right. sense that they they uh, contribute to changing the world in a radical way ultimately. So uh, I would say there's way more entrepreneurship around us than um, you know we think normally. Sure. Uh, uh, yet entrepreneurship is often seen as this flashy, you know, tech stuff, and and that's 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 okay, that's fine. But you know, there is more than that, uh, and and I guess when you study the phenomenon, the idea is to understand that it's both more pedestrian and more also uh, pervasive and important than you would think when you think of just you know Silicon Valley or something. Sure, and I mean the other. Um... The other connotation I think that a lot of people have about um, entrepreneurship and especially young entrepreneurs, I've certainly run into this, is that the people who, for instance, may or may not have put entrepreneur in their bio at one point or another on uh, some select social media, those kind of people often like young guys, frat guys or college guys, um, the connotation is kind of like, 
you don't actually do anything. Like you put entrepreneur in your bio and you say that like you're getting things done, but are you just like investing in stocks or like do you have an actual business or a product? Um, and I think that that has also come out of this generation that, that I'm a part of now, which has been bombarded with um, YouTube ads of, of young guys, you know, trying to get you to buy their uh, online, you know, workshop to learn how to do drop shipping and like all this other stuff. And it, for a while, I think, especially last year, it was kind of seen as like a cool, edgy thing to be. Like entrepreneurs are like different and they're making money and they're young and like all this stuff. Is that also a mischaracterization of what entrepreneurship is? Well, I mean, it, it is insofar as it only looks at a, a small aspect of what uh, the phenomenon of entrepreneurship is about. Uh, um, I mean, it is true that in your generation, it seems to me that a lot of people think, well, you know, if I'm interested in a new app uh, for my smartphone and I want to design it, clearly I'm an entrepreneur. And and it's true, but, uh, you know, clearly also entrepreneurship is goes beyond that. Uh, <clears throat> so there, it is a mischaracterization. Uh, it is incomplete. Uh, and, and, and indeed, sometimes people um, abuse it in the sense that, you know, they self-proclaim uh, entrepreneurs, uh, yet, uh, you know, uh, it's unclear they have uh, uh, achieved much, especially in terms of uh, creating social value, uh, which is the most complicated thing. Uh, uh, you know, as, as uh, yeah, the great economist Joseph uh, Schumpeter used to say, there are lots of inventors, there are fewer innovators. And why? Because you can invent something in your garage, whether or not this something is actually socially useful in the sense that you can engage in production and trade, that's a different thing. Uh, and, and that's why people are so uh, you know, interested in innovation ultimately, because innovation is invention that's socially useful. Uh, and so there may be a lot, a lot of inventors, not so many innovators uh, around. Right. And and well, you know that's normal. Uh, creating social value is is tough. You be, why? Because we're, uh, you know, we're 320 million in the U.S. In the world, we're several billions. Lots of people think about social value. So, the the gains from trade are are you know um, identified very quickly and and squeezed also very quickly. But at the same time, that doesn't mean they don't exist. And sometimes they're gigantically big and, you know, staring at us in the face. And we realize that, you know, they're waiting. And what have we been doing? Uh, so, yeah, I, it, I'd say it's both extremely difficult to be a real entrepreneur. Uh, and yet, you know, it's it's also where we live in a, um, you know, market economy in the sense of, you know, that the, there are tons of those out there. Just open the window, look out, you know, look out the window and right. check the world and you'll find something. And, and I'm sure you, you then know, know and understand what I'm saying. Yeah, I think also like to that point, um, there's something to be said about like not talking about like your success or like not always updating everyone on what you're doing. This is like a big struggle for me because I talk a lot. I, I right now my job is talking, right? And that's that's how I make my income. So it's it's difficult for me often to just work on something and to just shut my mouth and to just say, you know what? You can you can start telling people about it 
when you've gotten to a certain level and it's, you know, it, it's gotten to a certain place. But I think that a lot of the, you know, air quotes, entrepreneurs that I see on Instagram or YouTube, all these other things, as soon as like any income comes in, they're like, look at what I'm doing. Also buy my ebook, also attend my workshop. And I feel like that gives entrepreneurship a bad name. All right, we are going to take a quick break so that we can hear from our sponsor and then we'll get right back into it. My sponsor this week is Juanita's Adventures and Studio 15. They really, really want to set you guys up with some nice, beautiful art maps. These maps are literally from all over the world. You, you're going to love these maps. They have maps from the Midwest, the East Coast, West Coast of the United States. They have them from all over the world, like in Europe, Asia, all places you can think about. They have a map of it. I recently moved back home, and so we're setting up a set now. I actually have one of the maps, and it's hanging on my wall right now. It is my favorite part of my room right now. It's my favorite thing to look at. It's fantastic. So hey, we can't really go traveling just yet. They're starting to ease up restrictions. Juanita's Adventures in Studio 15 wants to set you up with some beautiful map prints to take your mind off of it, okay? You're gonna use code safe travels at checkout you're going to go to www.juanitas.etsy.com choose any art map you want add that to your cart you're going to head over to checkout and you're going to end up with a fantastic product absolutely stunning hang it on your wall send me a picture of it too i want to see what you guys order i i really do love these things i would never promote something that i don't love or use myself it's fantastic please go grab yourself one all right, let's get back to our episode and continue talking to Dr. Saute about how entrepreneurs can help the country. What do you have to say to those people who maybe do something a little bit entrepreneurial, but don't necessarily embody what a good entrepreneur would be? Well, I, I mean, I, I, I don't necessarily think that, um, you know, attempting to uh, be an entrepreneur gives you know entrepreneurship a bad name. It may give you a bad name, uh, but um, I, I think it's great that um, all sorts of people are seeing new avenues with new social media. So Instagram clearly seems to be one way that where you know you make people uh, realize that you're um, you're you're there to offer something new or something that they would find useful. Uh, clearly, uh, Instagram five years ago was not that venue uh, to do it. You would do it, you know, maybe more on 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 Twitter or whatever. Um, so the the those new venues uh, and are being used in different ways in new ways. Uh, um, I think that's fine that people explore. Uh, we should have more of those, and and we have plenty of those. Now, what you're telling me, it seems, is that well, you know, I think a lot of those are are not that good, not that serious, and and fine, that's possible. Uh, but the beauty of the market system is that it weeds out those who are not serious and 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 not you know uh, or make false pretenses and eventually uh will you know you those who are serious those who are building uh, you know using the mechanisms of reputation are building a business that you know really delivers 
they'll they'll survive and you know and 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 those who also listen to their customers and so on uh so i think we should actually rejoice probably that uh you know, even you, Ben, I've seen you, uh, you know, talk a, about lots of projects. You know, I know that during the two or three years I've known you, you've uh, tried, you know, uh, online, uh, opening an online store that, you know, failed in, within a few months. I thought <laughs> I don't this know if we need great. to say it failed. <laughs> okay, that you closed. But, I mean, that... I yeah, think this is great, actually. I don't see you as a failure for that reason. I actually see you at the, as the opposite. And, you know, in three years, you had five ideas that you tried out. And, and many you're trying at, you know, uh, at the same time. So, um, no, I, I, I think that's great. Which also actually gets me to a point that you might be interested which in, which is that... Um, <clears throat> A lot of people, again, commentators thinking about entrepreneurship mostly as measured in terms of startups, you know, uh, are worried that America is less entrepreneurial today than it was uh, 20 years ago. And and it's true that when you look at the numbers, even though the population has gone up, the number of startups officially registered every year has gone down uh, by, you know, 20 or 30 percent. What do you think is hurting that? Like what? What is driving the, uh, you know, the the lower numbers in entrepreneurship in the country? Is it people not wanting to put themselves out there? Is it the current economy? What do you think it is? Well, I mean, it, it is a, a a big question, uh, and I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't say I have the answer to that. Uh, I haven't seen, you know, I've seen partial answers out there, and and there's there's uh, people are studying that, but I would say. It might be a, a, a false negative. It might be the fact that we, if we measure entrepreneurship in that very traditional way of doing the measuring uh, like we've done in the 60s, 70s, 80s, by those standards, entrepreneurship has gone down. But again, if you think of entrepreneurship as solving problems and reallocation of capital, which is which can be done within existing companies, which can be done in other forms, um, it, not sure that entrepreneurship has really gone down. Uh, it it might have just metamorphosed into something else, you know. Right. Uh, so um, we know that big companies today are more entrepreneurial than they were before, uh, even more than you know. Uh, I mean, it, clearly IBM in the old days, Ford's they were entrepreneurial. There's no doubt. But today, look at Google, which is now called Alphabet. Why they call Alphabet? Because they have as many businesses as the letters in the alphabet, and and they're you know ranging from their core business of of search, internet search, to all the way to you know producing balloons to bring the internet to uh, remote parts of the world and and whatnot. I mean, it's it's insane the number of things they do, and they throw you know money and capital at at so many different things internally. Uh, Apple does the same. Many other big tech companies do the same. So I think a lot of that entrepreneurship is, you know, unseen from, for that reason. Uh, right. The other thing is the internet has had an impact. I mean, clearly nowadays, you know, uh, you, you, you know, you go online when you want to shop. Uh, now that that doesn't mean there's a reduction of entrepreneurship. It means again, it has taken a different form where 
you know, you Ben, you open a business on online, and eventually, if you succeed, you might reach, you know, I don't know, alpha million customers. Uh, would you have reached alpha million customers if you had uh, a business, you know, at the street corner? Well, in order to do that, you would need, you know, six hundred stores are a huge chain right, right. Uh, and and building that chain takes decades and so clearly you can do that faster on the internet and you uh and also by doing that you you know you you don't need as many entrepreneurs around the country to open stores and stuff so you know so i think that's why i'm not I'm I'm of those, and I'm maybe too optimistic. I don't know. I'm of those that you know. I think entrepreneurship is still there. It's just not clearly exactly the same as it was in the past. Now it's true also that you know government regulation is uh, is still there and has, has grown in, in some ways, and mm-hmm. especially licensing is a problem, and so that probably has stopped also small business entrepreneurship to some extent or reduced it or impacted it. Right, because it's a big barrier to entry. Sure. No, absolutely. So I'm going to put you on the spot here. I, I like doing this to people that I bring on the show. It makes them feel super comfortable. Um, so my question for you is, if you had to choose between we shut down Apple, Amazon, and Google in this country, right? Like just completely shut down off the map, uh, or we shut down half of all the entrepreneurs in the country, which would you pick? Well, um, I, I, so zero context, I'm not sure where you're going with that, but, uh, well, I mean, I, I, I have to say that it seems to me the, the, you know, uh, it's always better to shut down the past than the future, right? So, uh, if only, 50% of the entrepreneurs are allowed to be entrepreneurs. Uh, that's still 50% of a huge, uh, you know, pool of entrepreneurs in the U.S., including tech entrepreneurs uh, who could uh, probably, um, you know, bring alternative solutions to those big three companies that have been shut down. Now, the short term would be, uh, you know, pretty dire, although there are alternatives to those three companies, uh, and, 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 and they're not perfect substitutes, but in the short run, there are. Uh, so I'd probably go with, uh, you know, shutting down companies that exist already and, and letting entrepreneurs uh, do the, their job in the future. Right. So the reason I asked you this question is because I feel like this is something that certain lawmakers have to grapple with on a regular basis, whether they realize it or not. Um, so I think I am, I'm not opposed to big business, but putting myself in the shoes of a small business owner that might be competing with a larger business, I think occasionally the barriers to entry in the industries that these three companies fall into are so immense because they've been regulated by the government um, after they've already blown up, but also because these companies actively try and squash entrepreneurship for the little guy. So I feel like lawmakers, when they are deciding how to regulate or whether or not to regulate certain parts of these businesses, need to have an understanding of what they might be doing if they choose to regulate or not regulate, if that makes sense. 
it is undeniable, historically speaking and theoretically speaking, that um, one of the things that uh, big businesses do once they've become big because they were, you know, nimble and entrepreneurial to begin with, is that they um, want to influence the legislators in order to make, you know, uh, their life more, more, you know, comfortable. Uh, and, you know, one of the things you do is you uh, make sure that requirements to enter markets, licenses, whatever are there that you weren't there when you were uh, starting. Uh, so it's undeniable that this, this phenomenon is at work uh, and it's unfortunate. Uh, it, it is, uh, <clears throat> It is uh, always, uh, it's almost like, you know, we're shooting ourselves in the foot in the sense that we're, we have this great marketplace in which, um, you know, fantastic organizations can, can emerge and grow. And then we uh, protect them uh, such that actually it makes it way less efficient, way less uh, uh, entrepreneurial. And eventually, you know, they, they, they waste resources because they don't use them optimally and they, uh, they're because of that protection. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. It's, uh, I think it's what you do in those situations that, that really matters and, and what's going to define your business. So relating it to um, some things that we have going on right now, obviously there's a reason why we're not doing this interview in person, uh, and that is the continuing pandemic of COVID-19 and all of the crap storm that it has brought with it to uh, our country and and to the world right now. Um, So my question to you is, um, in the last economic recession that we had, we saw the emergence of some major players like uh, Uber, Venmo, Groupon. So is is this now the time for those entrepreneurs who have a really good idea to to start putting it on the line like we talked about and, and to get that going? And then how are entrepreneurs going to play a role in restarting the economy, uh, especially in the United States? Right. Uh, I mean, these are, are great questions. Indeed, we're, we're still in that uh, world, although I think we're definitely, um, you know, moving forward. Um, <clears throat> I mean, the history shows that uh, entrepreneurship and, you know, that Ben from being in my class is, is um, a great savior of, of crises. Uh, the, uh, that we, we looked at in, in my class with the students, we look at uh, the, the situation with the great Chicago fire of 1871, where you know, uh, almost half the city was destroyed, the business district was gone. Uh, same thing with San Francisco in 1906. Uh, and what happened in those two places within two to three years, they were up and running even better than before. Uh, and all of that uh, basically uh, occurred as a a uh, result of a mix of uh, business entrepreneurship and, and social entrepreneurship. So social entrepreneurs that acted as catalysts to uh, make sure people realized that there was a future and they could be taken care of in the, in the meantime. And, and the business entrepreneurs were rebuilding the, the city, attracting capital from, from elsewhere. Uh, and, and eventually, uh, uh, you know, got the business going. Uh, the business is going so 
entrepreneurship has been a response uh, uh, every time there's a, either a natural disaster or, or economic crisis. And in the case of economic crises, like like uh, like the Great Depression, the 1930s, many uh, many businesses, especially in the the world of food were born during the 1930s. Some of them are still with us. Uh, the, <clears throat> the, I would say entrepreneurs often react to the dearest problems that, that can be seen during a crisis uh, and, 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 you know, provide and, and uh, create, uh, respond to the need, uh, create the, the innovation and, and reallocate the resources that to, to respond to the needs that are suddenly becoming either dire or, or, or um, <clears throat> you know, or emerging altogether. Um, so, you, you mentioned Venmo, Uber, Groupon, definitely uh, businesses that in some ways took advantage of, of that situation of the economic crisis 2008. I mean, if you think of Uber especially, Uber is a very interesting business model because it's all about we all have assets around us that part of the time are completely unused. Uh, my car, my car is in the garage uh, 90% of its life. You know, I use it to go to work, then I park it, then I use it to go to come back, then I park it. That's it. 90% of the time, my car is in doing nothing. Uh, it's not a taxi. Obviously, a taxi would be the opposite. 10% of the time, it's it's not doing something. 90% it's doing something. So we have all sorts of assets around us that are unused. What can we do? to unlock that value. And Uber um, came up with the idea of, you know, uh, having people drive their car for, for money. Uh, maybe, you know, if you incentivize people that way, they might be interested in, in actually using their car when the car is, un, is, un, is not used normally. And that, it turned out to be true. Uh, and, and Airbnb is doing the same with, you know, your, your spare room that you never use. I mean, why don't you use it? It's an unused asset. So in a situation of crisis, we, uh, we realize even more that we have assets that are be not being used, right? And, and we're saying, am I sitting on value here that I'm not exploiting? What's going on? I need to do something about it. So I would say that's the way entrepreneurship often reacts in times of crises. And I mean, it's hard to say how it's going to react this time around, uh, but clearly, I would say, and there's, there might be a lot of new companies emerging in the world of making sure work can be done remotely. Uh, I mean, Zoom communication, of course, everyone knows that it was born a few years ago, but now it's become a household name. It's you know experienced an amazing growth in the last three to four months. Uh, uh, so they're definitely, <clears throat> excuse me, definitely one, if not you know the main one at the moment, but. Uh, I, I could see a lot of other, you know, businesses emerging in that world of if we are going to go, uh, you know, online more for work, work remotely because people want to save time from commuting. They want to spend more time with their family, you know, all of that stuff uh, that that means maybe uh, there will be a whole industry around, you know, making sure this can be done well. And, and so I, I would. I could see new businesses emerging in that world. 
but at the same time you could retort to me well you know but people also are tired of being in lockdown and they want to experience real stuff and so uh you know it's 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 hard to say that uh maybe tourism will come back very strong and maybe restaurants will come back very strong after that lockdown because people will have a feeling that they've missed out on so much and this is actually even more valuable to them than it was before yeah i i think that's definitely um a lot to think about, certainly, but, um, you know, like you were talking about in, in the case of, uh, you know, the fire in uh, Chicago and in San Francisco, um, it wasn't, you know, the government stepping in and, and solving the problem. It was entrepreneurs. It was everyday people who created more businesses, who figured out how to solve those problems and, and really those entrepreneurs that restarted those economies and those uh, those cities to get them to be even better than where they were uh, at that time. So I completely agree. And uh, I think entrepreneurship has a big role to play in our future. Well, hey, Dr. Saute, thank you so much for coming on TOTS. It was uh, great to hear your perspectives. Thank you, Ben. I'm so um, I'm sorry my voice is going. <clears throat> I'm so glad you, um, you contacted me. And um, thanks again. Wishing you the best for the future. Very entrepreneurial future. Absolutely. Thank you very much. A huge thanks again to Dr. Saute for coming on the show and talking to us all about entrepreneurship. I really enjoyed having him, and I think that what he talked about is really true. We're going to be experiencing mass levels of entrepreneurship. Hopefully, that can help us get out of this current crisis and look forward to a better and brighter future. I want to thank you as well for listening. It means a lot joining me here twice a week, listening to all that I'm putting out. I really appreciate it. If you want to listen to more, you can find us anywhere where you stream podcasts. You can also find us at our two websites, totspodcast.com and marketwithben.com forward slash tots. You can also find our Patreon there. Please consider giving us some support for the podcast. That will allow us to do what we love to do twice a week, every single week. Thank you again, and I will see you on Monday.